In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. There's nobody I'd rather have on right now than Evan Phillips. Not only because he's a great guy, we've had him on before. Um, not only because there's a lot to talk about, but because he's also, he literally just changed into the baseball and boring shirt. <laughs> it's, uh, I feel like, Evan, you're ahead of, you're uh, a year from now, everybody's going to be doing this. We could do like a, like, everybody's going to be wearing these. Um, not just you, not just Joe, not just Dylan C's, not just whoever. Like everybody, you're ahead of the curve, my friend. So there you go. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm happy to do it. Uh, getting on with you is always a good time. So plus it's a great shirt. Um, I love the, you know, the catchphrase baseball isn't boring, a uh, uh, huge advocate for the game. So I think um, yeah, any chance to get on here and chat with you is always good. Was it weird that Joe wore it every day? Like every time I, I know that like that the, the major league baseball players, here's a little secret. If it, they find a shirt that fits right, it's over, right? It's like Spot on. That's and it. so every player has it. Every player, you know, when they get to the field, they change into the same exact thing every single day. And it's all about comfort. So, you know, for me, I had, it's actually, it feels a lot like this shirt does. So I'm going to be quite comfortable in this one okay. next year too. Mine's like a, a short sleeve, like dry fit hoodie with a comfortable pair of shorts. And it's every single day. Every day. It's exactly what I put on right when I get to the field. And, and and I think that I don't know if Joe was doing it because you know he was the the godfather of the whole movement. I did. I feel like he just found a good t shirt. <laughs> like he wore yeah. it every day, though, didn't he? Did am I wrong? Yeah. I, mean, I wasn't. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, and, and like I said, and like once you once you find something that either is like a comfortable or b it's like working for you performance wise or something on the field, you That's stick another, with it. That's another thing. The, the science would suggest. That uh, the ERA of pitchers with this shirt is is minuscule. It's 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 just again, it's just science. All right. So first of all, how are you? You good? You 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 had a good year. Congratulations. Um, yeah, thank you very much. You feel good. You feel you feel spry. You feel like you're ready to get back at it already. Or yeah, you know, um, the, the disappointing end of the season, you know, really left a bad taste in everybody's mouths. Uh, it was. Um, you know, not what we were expecting. So to get home, you know, earlier than we expected was, you know, definitely uh, you know, disappointing in a lot of ways. So taking a couple of weeks to just unplug a little bit and really dive into the time with my family. Um, I have a seven month old now. So getting home and being able to be a full time dad for him uh, really helped pull away from, you know, the frustration of the way the year ended. So um, I got to do that for, you know, a couple of weeks while I took some time to rest. But you know, um, we're right back in the thick of it now. So I'm, I'm in the middle of my training and um, you know, trying to navigate the holidays and things like that, visiting family and doing all of that. But 
um, if, yeah, before we know it, we'll be back at spring training. Here's the here's the secret. You have a seven month old first Christmas, first holiday season. Um, uh, boy or girl? Little boy. You get what's his name? Bo. You can give Bo a, a box. It doesn't matter. Like you're gonna overdo it, right? Totally. You gotta do too much. It's like I took I took my kids to Disney World when they were two and a half and a half. That was because I that was not a good idea. Yeah, well, we're trying to. My sister has a four year old, and um, so we're we're learning a lot from her about like age appropriate activities and things like that. Because I think you make a good point. Taking the kids to Disney before. Oh. They're you know three or before they're even you know maybe five, they're not going to remember. And then and your your responsibilities for them are even you know more significant because they can't they can't really do anything on their own yet. So it, yeah, here, it, here's, here's yeah. the thing, Evan, is that as your sister will tell you, nap time is the most powerful thing in the history of of human existence. Nap time, if you get caught out without a doubt in a on a ferry going from Epcot Center. The Magic Kingdom during nap time is singularly the, the worst experience you can ever have as a parent. So that's all I can do for you. That's that's my knowledge for you. Uh, so, but I'm going to ask I'm you. Sure. And by the way, so did you watch the playoffs? Did you watch the World Series or no? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm just I love the game. I love to to watch the game from you know like my perspective where. You know, if I were in their shoes, here's what I would do or just watching how things unfold, you know, in specific you know, pitcher versus batter matchups. Um, yeah, I just really enjoy it. So and you know, my wife you know, enjoys watching the games with me, too. So um, I wouldn't say I was like glued to the TV, but we had it on in the background. And, you know, we, we keep an eye on the score and things like that. And then if there was a situation that popped up that I really wanted to tune in on, I'd just go you know, plop down for a few minutes and and uh, take a closer look. But um, it was an exciting playoff run for sure. I mean, what the D-backs did uh, against us and then, you know, frankly, going down 0-2 to the Phillies as well and bouncing back from that is uh, it's very impressive. So, you know, kudos to them for, um, you know, going through a, a, a hot stretch in the postseason. You know, they earned that that right to play in the World Series. And, um, you yeah, know, I'm sure me and the rest of my teammates are just eager to get back out on the field next year and, and get another crack at it. So when we talked to you last, two topics came up. One was the you you were workshopping your – your entry music, which you you nailed. It, by the time I talked to you again, you you had locked that in. Is that going to stay the same? We'll see. Uh, my wife, I think, is going to take a more significant role in, in the picking of my music. I just think she she cares about it so much more than I do that I'm considering just giving her the keys and just say, "Hey, hon, I, I trust you. Pick out something good, and we'll get it over to our you know Dodgers uh, graphics team, and they'll do a great job." All right, all right. So we'll see. You know, it could stay the same, but it could not. So I think uh, that's part of the the mystique, right? You got to you got to tune in and find out next year. Exactly, I love it. And happy wifey, happy lifey, number one, <laughs> always, and, always, and, and always, and and also, um, word to the wise: if anyone says that's not great, never say, "Hey, listen, it was, it was my wife's." It's like when exactly, I can place blame. It's it's not my. I wasn't my choice. <laughs> And they can't you know, pick on my wife for it because that, that's, that would just be a rude thing to do. It's a win-win. It's like every time you see these these players show up and and like, oh man, like that was uh, that's really like some great that's a great outfit you wore to the game today. Like I don't know, my wife picked it out for better or for us. Always say exactly. your wife picks it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of stole the idea from Freddie. His son Charlie uh, picks out his walk-up song every single year, so. 
you know, I think the, the first time I played against Freddie at the Brave Stadium, he was walking out to, um, gosh, I can't remember the guy's name. Oh, man. Bad Bunny. It was a Bad Bunny oh, song. Bad Bunny, yeah. And I was like, Freddie listens to Bad Bunny? That's like the most ridiculous thing. But turns out his son, I guess, hears it in the stadium or in the clubhouse and just loved it. So he picked that out for his dad. And so I think taking that approach with my song could be uh, a yeah. good way to just you know, get it off my chest, get it off, get it off my plate. I love it. I love it. Next thing you know, you're going to have, uh, before you know it, you'll have Bo running out to the mound and jumping into your arms, much like Knox Kelly did. Yeah, so, that'd be nice. That's the dream be, right there. That'd be good. Uh, all right. So the other thing was we were, we were simulating what that final out of the World Series would be like, um, which I appreciate. I talked to one of your teammates when I was there, uh, Daniel Hudson, talking about like when he threw his glove into the stands or whatever he did. Uh, right. But I love that. And and so that was a very real possibility. It didn't happen for you. It will probably happen in 2024. Did you get a chance to lock in on that the last hour? Yeah. You did. Yeah, so that's something, you know, like the, the, the final out of uh, whatever it was, game five, game six. Um, I actually, I'm friends with Josh Boris, the pitcher for the Rangers that that got to do that. So, um, also a former Dodger too. So we didn't cross paths together, but we played um, like high school ball together. So oh, okay. um, it was a really cool moment for him, you know, to just have that opportunity. I think that's what everybody dreams about, you know, is not only just winning the World Series, but that yeah, you know, that individual um, you know way to help get get the job done for the team. So. Um, I can't remember exactly what he did, but I think it was one of those moments. I th- think he might have spiked his glove too, and just you know, th- you throw your arms up and, and triumph, and you just you know, fully embrace it with your teammates. I mean, I mean, like that's that moment is what every baseball player, every baseball fan should tune in for because like that's what it's all about at this level. Man, I didn't know you knew him. Did you talk to him? Have you talked to him? No, I haven't spoken with him in a long time. Like I said, it was high school when we knew each other, but you know. Um, did you win? Did you, beat, sure. did you beat? Did you beat? Who won in high school? We were on the same. It was like a showcase league or whatever. Oh, what okay. the, the prep right. you do for yeah. So we were on the same team in uh, a couple of those big tournaments. You know that they they put on down there for the um, uh, the showcase events. Um, but no, I'll have to reach out to him about it because I mean, you should find find out what he thought about that moment, right? Because every time I think about myself one day being in that moment, I get chills head to toe because it's just. Uh, and that's the dream come true. And, you know, running in with your teammates and, and just, uh, yeah, enjoying that moment together is what it's all about. Well, that's honestly, I mean, that, that's why I love the, you know, first time we talked, the fact that you, you admit it, you say, Hey, listen, I've thought about that. And, and because you shouldn't think about it, closer, World Series, good team, everyone's different. And, and the more I talk to guys, the more the, the different approaches. I remember, um, after, in the first, I think it was the first round where Matt Strom, who comes on the podcast once in a while, Matt Strom got the final out of one of the series for the Phillies. And I mean, it was the Braves against the Braves. And so, like, he had never done that. Like, he had right. never done that. It's like, what did that feel like? And usually the answer is I blacked out. You know, it's. Yeah. So, but- well, you know, for me, like, my my day-to-day approach is to be very much so in the moment and, you know, dedicated to the process of like one thing at a time, one pitch at a time. But that that last out of the World Series is it's finally the last thing to happen. Like nothing else is happening after that. So for me, getting the opportunity to have that moment, you know, where you can just drop everything and really f- and hone in on on that moment, that would be the ultimate goal. You know, that's that's 
that's the last thing at the at the you know laundry list of things that lead up to it. So to me that that's why I get you know more emotional about specifically the last out of the World Series, and I'm curious as to what guys you know think about when they're going through it or guys that have done it before because it's it's the very last pitch of the season, and I think that's the the coolest thing you can tell somebody. Yeah, you you because you talked to Hudson about it, right? You talked to Daniel. yeah, yeah, Daniel Hudson. You know, Julio Urias is the guy that got it for the Dodgers in twenty twenty, and um, yeah, it's like I said, man, it's it's. I think that's the best way to put it. It's the last pitch thrown of the season, it's awesome. and it's to have that privilege to do so is uh, it's really special. And we had Kenley on, and Kenley said that he doesn't, he couldn't ever, he can't watch it. He can't watch it because it didn't work out for him where he wasn't able to get that last out in 2020. And this is, you know, I, I don't think it's hyperbole. I think he actually meant it. He's like, this is one of the reasons I'm still playing is to get that, yeah. like that feeling, that feel I'm chasing that moment. And I don't want to watch that moment from somebody else. Everyone's different in that respect. But yeah, so I felt that, you know, I could, when he's talking, I could feel how important that was. And I get that. No doubt. So, Absolutely. I mean, that's that's like the, the selfish thing. That's like the, that's the one thing you want for yourself as a player, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if the Dodgers win the World Series next year, whoever gets that last out, I'm going to be equally as happy regardless, you know. But uh, if it does fall in a place where I get that privilege, then, you know, certainly that that's that's a even important, even more important for me, you know. Well, you took a step toward um, making the World Series because you just got better. Uh, <laughs> a little bit, maybe a big, a big signing, uh, one year, $8 million, Joe Kelly. Yeah. Oh, and it's my favorite. And, and another, and another <laughs> guy, which, so I want to get into what I want to ask you about is, is give, you can, you can basically give Shohei the sort of a guide to being a Dodger. Cause I think that being a Dodger is different. Like I being around there, I'm an East coast guy, you know, you are too. It's, it's a very unique fan base. The stadium's unique. The team's unique. Everything. But before I get to that, you have to weigh in on on the number issue. Yeah, the, so, the whole Joe Joe Otani. Joe Otani. I think that's a terrific idea. I mean, you see it. I think like college football, they'll have the same player will wear the same number. One plays offense. One plays defense. But Shohei can't pitch this year. So Joe can be the pitcher version of 17 and Shohei can be the hitter version of 17. And I think it's perfect. Right. Just put a little P or an H or whatever it is. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it's I. here's the thing. So this goes back to Joe was on the podcast. I don't know when it was like two or three weeks ago. And I said to him, I said, OK, let's play this out. You sign with the Dodgers. Shohei signs with the Dodgers. Yeah. What do you do with 17? Does he get it? His first, his guttural, I don't know if you saw this, because I know that you're a big baseball and boring fan, but uh, his guttural reaction was like, no, yeah. no, I had 11 years. I had 11 years. And then he went on to say. You know how Joe, Joe, Joe loves to make a scene about it. You know, <laughs> I'm sure they'll, uh, they'll sort it out however they oh, need Oh, yeah. To. No, I don't do want to create the, I don't want to no, create No, not at all. I do think it'd be really cool and it'd be unique if they both share it this year. To share yeah. it. I'll see why not. No, I, I agree. But if you aren't going to share it, Joe wanted either a car or one-eighth of his, if oddly specific, one-eighth of his contractor's bill of building his house. Um, I guess he did some math at the house before he came <laughs> on the podcast. Which, which might suggest the in-ground pool. I don't know. But um, but then his wife, Ashley, 
she did damage control and took to Instagram and basically, uh, among other things, renamed their son Kai Shokai, which you know she's doing everything she can. So I tell you, know, he listen. He's going to give. I like your idea, Evan. I like your idea. Rich Hill was also on, so the uh, it's actually today's episode as we tape this because I asked him what the protocol is, and maybe you were there. Were you, did you play with Rich in Tampa? No, no, I know we never crossed paths. Okay, so he said, you know, it's service time. It's understood, but he said in Tampa, he I, he, I haven't looked this up, but whoever had forty, who had forty four in Tampa? Do you have any idea? No, no I, I, I'm I, only there for two days, Rob. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> first thing you do is scour the number. Well, all right. If you were t- what number were you in that? Did you have a number? I was number sixty in Tampa. See, who could forget that? There that's you go. Fair. That was my number. You know, I know. Of course, I, I remember. I know. And I tell you what, the only reason I remember is because I've been on four major league teams. All of my numbers have been in the same sequence. I was fifty-eight in Baltimore, fifty-nine with the Dodgers. 60 with Tampa, 61 with the Braves. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So not not in perfect order. It was, you know, 61 to 58 to 15 or uh, to 60 to 59. But still, I think it's pretty interesting. Can I apologize now for forgetting what number you are? What number are you now? Now I'm 59. Okay. All right. So there you go. Don't ever come out of that. You're right yeah, there. I was say, we're just going to ride that wave for a little bit. Oh, longer. it's a great wave to ride. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll we'll figure that out. We'll settle. We'll uh, we'll figure. Like you said, I'm sure that Joe will have some fun with it because that's what we're all about. You know he will. You know he will. Yeah. Um. So here I am showing Otani. I I mean who who my skill set is exactly the same. I'm awesome at everything, and so. But you meet them, you say, they say, Evan, we want you to sit in a room and tell Shohei Otani what's what when it comes to being a Dodger. And I'm not talking about, oh, it's so great, the tradition. and everything. No, I'm talking about the logistics. This is when you want to drive into the stadium. This is where you want to park. This is where you want to eat. This is this is the what the fan base is like. You've lived this life. Go ahead. I'm listening. All right. Uh, fair enough. So beyond like the, you know, the, the greatness of the organization, all the stuff he heard in the pitch room when he before he signed and all that. You want more of like the day in, day out. How is he going to navigate being a Dodger in Los yeah, Angeles? Yeah, it's different. Than, it's different than Anaheim. This is this is an Anaheim. Oh yeah, so yeah. much different. I mean, you know the um, the thing about being a player for the Dodgers in Los Angeles is we all kind of surround the ballpark, and when it comes to where we live, because there's really there's nothing right down the road. You you, you kind of have a commute one way or the other. So you have you can go to the beach, you can go into the hills a little bit. You have Hollywood, Beverly Hills, options on end. So I think the easiest route into the ballpark is either the the five or the one ten coming down from Pasadena. So take that for what you will. Um, I had to do. I was living on the west side one year, and I was coming on the ten every single day. And the ten getting to the ballpark. I mean, if I got over forty miles per hour, I was thrilled on the highway. So maybe not that route. Um, and then on a day-to-day basis, I mean, I'm the kind of guy that I hit my local coffee spot before I come to the ballpark every day. I found a good one last year called civil coffee. So that was civil? my routine. Civil. Yep. All right. Okay. So that, was my, that was my routine stop every single day um, getting up to the parking lot. So 
the parking traffic at Dodger Stadium, they want you to go the long way around and, and continue, you know, to go with the flow. Yeah. But when you get to the stadium so early, there's no other traffic. So you can kind of take a shortcut. Shohei will learn the shortcut for sure. But <laughs> it saves you saves you a few minutes, five minutes. So if you really have to get downstairs for whatever you might need, uh, that's probably the most efficient way to go. And sometimes, you know, Dodger Stadium, it's uh, up on top of a hill and Dodger Stadium is sunk down below, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to go down that massive elevator shaft to get down to the clubhouse. If you're in a pinch and really need to get down there in a hurry, the stairwell will save you five minutes without a doubt. I like it. Absolutely. I like it. So, so, so far, uh, everything you said is very useful. Like nothing, none of this, like, Hey, you know, it's, this is a legendary franchise. We get it. He's already gone through this. He knows that. He knows that. He knows yeah. all this. This is part of the, along with right. the, the, the $700 million and the tax implications and the, and, and the, and the, and the, uh, the amount of Repsoto machines that you have there. He knows all that, right? Exactly. That's all. This that's is more useful. So, right. so you walk down the stairs, you saved yourself five minutes. Now what? Anything. So, you know, for me, um, I would just say, the food that our chefs at Dodger Stadium are so, so good that always make sure you run in there, say hello to them, you get to know those those people because they, they do such a great job. And I like to make that personable connection with them. And, you know, Shohei's going to come in. I've heard great things about him as a person, too. But for me, um, acknowledging them and eating their delicious food is like high on my list every single day when I get to the field. So, again, all of these things are learned, too. I'm just trying to help expedite his right. process. That's exactly. All. I feel like this is probably the most useful Shohei Itani content we, that we've had. So, Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. So, so it, in synopsis, you, in terms of the cooks, you just want to – you become their best friends so they cook better for you, so they also give you, hey, you want more, or <laughs> I, have a, I, I have a special uh, request – um, because if, if you're mean to them, well, so here, here's the reason, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I think it's important. So being a relief pitcher closer, I pitch late in the game. And if I pitch the ninth inning, my recovery process then starts at the end of the game. So sometimes, you know, I have not only the club, not only the chefs, but the clubhouse attendants, training staff, strength and conditioning, they're basically waiting on everybody to get out. So if I'm starting, if I if I'm really, you know, want to get into my recovery process that night because I want to turn around and be available the next day or whatever it may be, sometimes I'm delaying, you know, their ability to get out of the door. So I feel like if I make a better relationship with them, acknowledge them a bit more, um, become their friend, you know, just get to know them better, I feel like it it makes me feel better about staying an hour and a half after the game and coming out with the to-go box of food instead of them having to clean up early. And then, you know, then I feel bad because I didn't get to the food in time. They feel bad because I didn't get to the food in time. So it's the little things, like you said. It is. And 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 for all, everybody out there who says Shohei makes $700 million, he would never take uh, a – he doesn't never worry about taking a bag of food away from the from – <laughs> here's, here's the reality is that it's like the T-shirts, Evan. It's like the T-shirts. You don't understand. Is that if you, Major League Baseball players, there's a reason why Shohei's sitting there, that pitcher on the bus or wherever it was, with a bag of Funyuns, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, they, there's a lot of money to be made, but still, at the end of the day, if it's free, it's for me. You know, that's it. 
So, but you know, and it's it's all segmented in like the way you leave the clubhouse. Like, you go and you take care of all your equipment. You shower. You change. It's just part of the routine. You just go into the food room and get your plate, and you go home. There's nothing wrong with that. What's the most? So now you're in Dodger Stadium. It's an older stadium. We get it, but still, uh, there's a lot of contraptions and things, and and you know, it's it's there's a reason why you guys. Are, are so good not only because you have talent because it's a it's a forward-thinking franchise what's the thing that's unique about like the inner workings of being a baseball player there i don't know if i'm phrasing that question so i think you did because and i alluded to it earlier the stadium is on top of a hill and then sunk in so i think given that and the way that the dodgers have done renovations to the clubhouse in the past decade or so there are some like little nooks and crannies that are odd and so, for instance, we have like a stairwell leading down to the dugout with like multiple slopes and, and different kind of angles just to make the space work more efficiently. But none of them really stand out as like, hey, you have to watch out for this. But I think the weirdest thing is that we have a hallway um, like adjacent to those stairway, that stairwell leading to the dugout. That's like it's got one of those slanted roofs because it's just the space that they can make fit. And we have like maybe five or 10 desks set up for some of our support staff. And some people love it because it's kind of like, it's the one place in the clubhouse that's so removed from everything else that you can kind of like hunker down over there and just relax. Like I know I I won't name this guy, but we had a guy on staff that would go in there and like, he would just read and he would like be walking by and passing and be like, you look down the hallway and be like, Oh, Hey, didn't know you were like, that was a place down there. But you know, sure enough, it's a little hiding spot. You know, to get away from the traffic of Dodger Stadium at times. So, is it like a you said? Is like a desk, like a like they're they're sitting at desks. Like, what is it? A chair? No, oh, yeah, yeah. They just have like those little uh, you know tabletops that like pop up, and yeah. they just like the laptops and they're they're doing their work. They have like a little makeshift locker set up, but it's I think it's like a choice because people want to be there because it's a little bit more secluded. Okay. Yeah, very, yeah. See again, stuff that nobody would know. You're welcome, Shohei. Right. Um, you never know. I might see Shohei eating a bag of Funyuns down that hallway next year. <laughs> if you do, can you take a picture of it? <laughs> <laughs> Think of a viral. The, uh, the what is here's a here's a cliche question, but you know, playing in Los Angeles, like what's the celebrity? Do you get do do, do celebrities cycle through there? I know that I remember seeing yeah. Denzel Washington sure. giving a speech, which I wish. Yeah, you know, were you there for that? Yep, that was the first one that came to my mind. Oh, yeah, that must have been pretty good, man. That's... So, so the next one for me, you know, so Magic Johnson has you know, ownership with the Dodgers. He's a big part of our group. And um, what I didn't really know to be fact is that he's a huge fan. Like he he truly does support the team. He you know knows the players. He has, I don't know, if, I don't believe he has like a, a hand in the day-to-day business, but he truly is like a, a diehard Dodger fan. And uh, he was in the clubhouse one day, and I, think, I believe he was talking to Freddie. So I'm, I'm walking towards the food room, and I'm walking past Freddie and Magic, and he spots me. I, I haven't met Magic yet at this point. Hmm. I see him, you know, see my I catch my attention, and you know, I kind of like diverted away because I didn't want to. I didn't want to interrupt him and Freddie, but I would have loved to have said hi to this guy. So I'm starting to walk by, and Magic like holds his arm out, and he says, "Hey, Evan." Like magic, nice to meet you. And like, I was like, Shh. he knows my name. Like that's crazy. 
And so it's funny. I actually, I just told this story to my mom and my mom, um, she grew up when magic was going through his stardom days in Michigan state, you know, and gets drafted and all the Larry versus uh, magic yeah. you know, stuff going on in the NBA. I just told her this story recently and she was like, you met magic Johnson. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I really did. <laughs> so that one really stands out to me too, just because of the story that comes with it. But, um, you know, it's a, LA is a city of stars, you know, so left and right. I remember, my first year with the Dodgers, um, I was you know looking at the video board one day, and like, in between innings, they would just throw up actor after actor, or you know movie star here. Uh, Kendrick Lamar came on screen. It's like a bunch of these you know big names that just spend time at Dodger games, and I think it's absolutely fascinating. It's awesome, and now it's going to see you're going to have me like, oh, there's uh, Jason Bateman, there's. Uh, Magic Johnson, and then they're yeah. going to show. Oh, there's Shohei Itani. Every <laughs> it really will. Hey, last quick, last quick cliche question: Where were you when you found this? Is at three o two p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Where were you? Yeah, so Saturday, I was just here at my at, at the house, and um, I don't remember exactly what I was doing. I was sitting on the on our couch right over here, and I got a text from my brother in law. He's one of my best friends. And all he said, I think he just said, hey, like, there it is. And I was like, I mean, that, that could mean a lot of things. But the wheel started to turn in my head. I said, oh, boy, I wonder if something happened. So sure enough, I pull up Twitter and I see uh, back-to-back tweets from Jeff Passan and Fabian, uh, our Dodgers athletic reporter, and, um, you know, break the news that, you know, signed Shohei to 10 years, $700 million contract. And I just immediately I turned to my wife and said, you won't believe this. And it was just we were both our, we were just both completely in awe of that amount of money. I mean, it's almost more than double, you know, what we've seen in baseball before. And I think it truly is just impressive. Well, that's the thing I, I asked. I've, I've in the, in the last couple of days, the reaction is two things, right? It's a re, what was your first reaction? Was your reaction to the money or the team? Because the team thing was also interesting because leading up to that 24 hours, it was chaotic. The Blue Jays, yeah. the private jet, the whatever it was. So Friday yeah, was more eventful for sure. Oh, yeah. And so it's like almost like, okay, well, which is the thing when you hear this is the thing that like, oh, wow. And, and I think more people are of, Sort of your mind because I did think I do still think that the Dodgers were perceived as a favorite, but nobody thought it was ever going to hit seven hundred million. No, absolutely. And I think the way like the the tweet was worded, you know, that's the way people interpreted it. It was like, wow, he signed with the Dodgers, and then whoa, he signed for how much? <laughs> but you know, the way I've been not explaining it to people, but rationalizing it, maybe um, this guy is going to be so market marketable for this team. Um, the, the what he'll have he'll have an impact in the Asian market and it will be you know all over the place in Japan and it's just going to do he's going to create so much buzz for the Dodgers that I think the contract's going to be what it is and um, you know, we're just thrilled to have him you know on our team in our lineup uh, eventually back on the mound for us so uh, his impact on the field is one thing but you know off the field for the Dodgers is going to be a big deal as well I love it all right I am officially going to tell. Jonas never to make a mural of you before the all-star break. Sweet. Jonas is a, good, a great guy. I've met him a couple of times. And He's the best. You, I'm 99% sure it still is, but I believe 59 is one of his favorite numbers. Really? And so it's just ironic that, you know, I'm number 59 and I've gotten to know him a little bit, but 
Let me see if I can pull up his Instagram. Let's see how fast I am with my phone here. Yeah. So I'm the, pretty I sure pay his, this. his handle is never. Yeah, nineteen fifty nine. Yeah, never nineteen fifty nine. Yeah. yeah. And he loves making murals of relief pitchers. So let's go. Hey. He's yeah. He's already got a couple up of Joe. Maybe I just need to make a frowny face at a hitter one time. <laughs> make it happen. Can you can you do the power? Can you do the Joe Kelly power? <laughs> I, I refuse. You refuse. It's a one. Of, it's a one of one. You can't. If I see if I do it and then it gets plastered everywhere, then it devalues Joe's. Well, so. another thing is he refuses to do it too, but his son does not. So he's smart. He's smart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, thanks. Thank you so much. Of course, man. Anytime.